You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 515, Apple's Fade in Secrecy. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 515. There is no Gaz this week because he's doing one of those, you know, family things where where they all get together and, and spend time together and, and, you know, all the things that just scare me to death. However, he, uh, he I am in capable hands. I, I managed to talk Carl Madden into coming back onto the show. I appreciate you coming on, Carl. This this is like the strongest sense of deja vu I've ever had. <laughs> it seems like only moments ago I was here. Weird. Well, what, what, what was what? Uh, what two three weeks ago? It wasn't that long ago? Yeah, I think. And, yes. and, and now next week I'm not going to be on because <laughs> I'm doing the whole family thing next week. Is it a tag team, you and Gaz, or what? I mean, pretty much. Well, you know, we were off. we were we were talking about that last week. And when we were getting ready to sign off, it was like, do you realize it'll be like almost a month before, you know, he and I had a chance to talk again? And it was like, wow, really? That long? Because, you know, because he and I have been doing this show since I think 2009. It was it was my Mac because I've been listening to the older shows lately. I was telling Carl a funny story about that, which I'll I'll talk to Gaz about it before I bring it up here because it really makes me look dumb. And, you know, how much. <laughs> How I hate looking dumb. Well, yeah. it's just but one thing. Yeah, about well, about <laughs> that anyway. And so, I mean, he and I have been doing this show for a very, very long time together, and it just seems weird when a significant amount of time goes by, and I haven't talked to Gas. You know, and the, of course, the really weird thing is we've actually never met in person. So. I don't know. Take that. Take that for what it's worth. I don't. I have no idea. You know, I I get so confused. I am a blonde from Florida, um, <laughs> but but none of this has anything to do whatsoever with Apple Not or me. Mac or or anything. So, but I I did want to talk about very very briefly because this stuff, quite frankly, uh, bores me to death. But it, it's important that we that we get this information out there. Um, Apple has announced their financial results for the third quarter that ended in June. Uh, the company posted revenue of $37 billion and oh, only a profit of $7.7 billion, or $1.28 per diluted share. Now, last year, the same quarter, they had less revenue and uh, less profit and less money per diluted share. And the gross margins are also up, so you would think that the uh, the, the financial press would just be going crazy talking about what a great thing all of this has been. However, it yeah. seemed like the only thing they really concentrated on was that uh, iPads dropped 9% in sales this quarter, year over year. Doomed. They're yeah. doomed, I uh, tell you. Obviously, because now I think they're down to only 160 to $170 billion in cash. How do they manage? 
I don't know. Um, I, I couldn't even pay my bills on that. I couldn't. I wouldn't even. No, I won't say that. <laughs> Family show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or e- either that, either that, or you know, inflation has really, really gone crazy. Thing is, they moan, don't they? The analysts moan because Apple yep. hasn't met their expectations. Yeah. I mean, they sat in an office, they looked at some charts, they pulled numbers out of there. Again, I won't say it because it's a family show. That's right. So um, don't say ass on this show. <laughs> or bum. Or bum. There you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So they pulled them out of the air, they stuck them on a computer, they leaked it to the other the press, the world press and the financial press and all that, and suddenly Apple's doing rubbish because they're not doing as well as I said they'd be doing. Yeah. Hang on a moment. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they think they should be saying. <laughs> Apple's fine. Ah, oh, dear. Might we have to have the financial press, though, because otherwise most throughout the year, there'd be hardly any Apple stories because they've got to touch <laughs> how badly they're doing or, yeah. you know, this new bit of kit that they've used here, which means they're going to do this and that's going to lead to B and that will produce C and oh, just shut up and go away, people. Yeah, yeah, because we all want to hear about the, uh, the full-screen Apple TV for how many years now in a row that's just oh. around the corner. It's, it's just, I swear to God, Apple TV this quarter, because I talked to a uh, a representative of a Chinese company in Canada whose second cousin knows this person that lives near Taiwan, and he said it's going to happen. I keep flogging that dead horse, I tell you. It's yeah. Just ridiculous. I can't even find the guy's name. There's a, there's a particular financial guy who bangs on about that all the time and his name is completely lifted out of my brain so i can't even you're not talking about paul therod are you no 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 paul's windows yeah i know i know but he he's he at least up until apple started becoming popular again (laughs) was like leading the uh the gloom and doom in the in the tech press for apple well mind you i listen i still listen even though I'm a Mac guy, I still listen to Windows Weekly. And now it's Paul that seems pretty down about Microsoft most of the time. <laughs> Which, of course, means Microsoft is about to have this amazing comeback. Wow, bless them. They are making you know, massive changes over there. So, you know, one operating system apparently next time and yeah. no more splits, no more pro, the middle bit and, you know, business one and basic just one operating system, which is the way to go, I think, in the modern age. Well, the, 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 problem, the problem with that is f- for the end user, all you end up doing is confusing them. You know, I, I, I talked about this between like the, the Surface Pro and the Surface RT. If you don't know, like it, it, when you have the, uh, the, the opening screen on both of these devices side by side, you have no idea which one is running an, an Intel processor and which one's running uh, on ARM. And it, that's very, very important for the end consumer because all of their software that they have for you know Windows uh, XP or, or Vista or 7 isn't going to work on that one that has the ARM processor. So, you know, I mean, why, why are you confusing your own market? Now, uh, you can contrast that to what Apple does, which is instead of making their ARM tablet 
the iPad and, and well, their ARM platform, iPad and iPhone, look just like OS ten on the Mac. They've basically said, well, they're they're two completely different types of environments. And what instead of making them look alike, we'll just make them work together better. And that's mm. that's kind of what that's kind of been Apple's approach is you know, let's work on in, in, instead of worrying about the UI, because I think they're pretty happy with the UI uh, as far as touch goes in iOS and the the regular keyboard and mouse setup that you have with OS 10. Let's just take the bits that they do together or not even really so much together, but what they do that's similar and make them work together. Now, now I noticed that, that, You've installed the uh, the public beta. Now, do you have that on the machine you're using right now? Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I put it on my, um, my lesser-used MacBook Air, my old one. Um, it runs really nice, and it looks really nice as well. Um, I like the new layout, the new font choices and things like that. Yeah. Um, because, it's, because it's a public beta, the only thing is it absolutely sucks power because that's one of the last oh, things really? they've... Yeah, so I'm I'm just sometimes just opening my browser, like opening Safari, and the fans spin up because there's some video on the screen or something like that. But they'll be fixed. I mean, you know, that's the whole point of releasing it. Now, one of the things I did used to like about what Microsoft did is they would push out their OS really early. And the one time they never did that was Vista, and look what happened there. Mm-hmm. But normally they push it out really early, and now Apple's learned as well. Because when, I think it was, was it Mavericks? When Mavericks was released, they kept it really quiet. Yes. And there was a lot of things that fell over when it was finally released. Well, now, you know, getting a million copies out there, supposedly to the public, to let them bash it, it hopefully a lot of those same problems are going to be avoided this time around. That's, that's the plan anyway, I think. Well, especially when you, when you think about some of the, the, the new stuff that they're putting in here, uh, especially connectivity with, uh, iOS devices where you know you're on your Mac and your your phone is plugged in somewhere. Well, you don't have to leave your Mac to take that phone call. It'll just come up there on the screen of your of your Mac, or you know, I mean, things along those lines. Now, I I really really none of this is stuff that if you get the public beta, uh, the interconnectivity between iOS and OS 10, you can't really play with. No, because they haven't released the public beta for iOS 8, which is the iOS side of uh, what do they call that continuity? I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the that's the oh that's the iOS side of continuity that hasn't been re- uh, publicly released except to developers. So pretty much with the public beta, you can uh, look at at how it works. With within the OS 10 environment, but the you know, but honestly, I, I like how they've changed the, the the functionality, say, of the the red, yellow, and green buttons on the top. They finally kind of make sense. Um, <laughs> one thing I really like how when you hit the green button, it takes over the entire screen. You get like a full screen app. Including, you know, I mean, I'm, even the menu bars go away. I'm gonna try that now. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Check that. Check that out. You have it up and running right now. I'm just, I'm just logging into it. Yeah, but 
I did actually, strange enough, after WWDC, I did hear a lot of naysayers go, oh, yeah, continuity is just a thing. It's, it's small. It's insignificant. It's not going to be that important. But I'm telling you, when people, if they are in the ecosphere and they have that magical moment where they're working on an email on their pad, they put it down, they walk near their Mac, and it, bing, it appears, yep. they are going to be so impressed by that. And this is something that uh, Android cannot do, uh, mostly because... Uh, Google has so many different hardware partners that, that there's no way to, to, to make it work together. Uh, Microsoft can't really do it for the same reason. Uh, Apple, since they control both iOS and all the devices that run iOS, OS 10 and all the devices that run OS 10, on top of controlling both operating systems, they can make that work together because mm. they control the whole widget. Now I'm, I'm running, uh, Yosemite on my MacBook Pro, I have a, a separate, I think it's a 500 gig hard drive that I use as kind of a, a scratch OS. You know, I throw on whatever the heck it is that I want to on there, see how it works and just reboot into it. And for the, the couple of times that I've been playing with Yosemite, it's, it's visually, it, it's, it's stunning. Um, but if that was all that was involved with Yosemite, I would kind of just go meh. I, I don't see it as that big of a deal. But the fact that they're bringing in all this additional functionality from iOS and having them go back and forth, uh, you know, when you add that along with some of the changes that they're doing in iOS 8 uh, as far as uh, multitasking and a few of the other things along those lines, this should be of some some very, very interesting times. I would like to see... More along the lines of, uh, and this is something that Android already does, uh, multi-user capabilities, mm-hmm. not there in iOS. Um, to be able to, uh, and I guess this is kind of where they're going with iCloud, where you can have multiple folders and all the rest of that, finally. you know, And it's not like uh, Box or Dropbox or, or um, uh, what, is, what is Microsoft's cloud? called OneDrive. OneDrive. You know, I mean the and, and there's a ton of services like this. They've all had that capability for a very very long time and Apple is kind of slow to that. But the good thing is the way um in iOS 8 Apple are doing their extensions is you will be able to bring those devices in, those services in and have them as your defaults. You know, through the extensions. Uh, uh it, which service? Are you talking about you know, iCloud? For yeah, so instead of using iCloud Drive for mm-hmm. your backup, you can have Dropbox in there or you can have OneDrive in there. Sure. As long as they write the extensions, that will be brilliant. Yeah. So it's giving you more user choice rather than just saying, you're in Apple's sphere, you're using our stuff. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> so that's – and we'll see how, how that works out later on in the year. Um, and the something other thing was – Yeah, sorry. go ahead. The other thing was, it was only a few months, like this was introduced, what, a month or so ago? Um, and it, we're going to get it in a few more weeks, like probably September. And before then, none of us knew any of this was coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're we're going to talk about secrecy, Apple's penchant for secrecy. Uh, very Well, we'll see how deep it goes. You never know with me. Um, in the In the second part of the show... <laughs> 
uh, you're kind of you're kind of you remember you were saying how you were like dropping out at the beginning of some of the sentences that seems to be happening again for some reason hmm uh that, that, i don't know i don't, I don't know, know why well did did you turn off that one filter yeah it's off okay well then i'm not really sure why it's doing that yeah, okay but well, we'll just we'll just have to deal with it i guess hmm. okay well, the other thing I wanted to, to very, very quickly touch on, uh, we haven't even gotten to this stuff from my Mac yet, um, is for the last two weeks we were running a uh, drawing, I guess would be a better term instead of a contest, for uh, a copy of Feral Interactive's Lego Marvel Superheroes. And uh, Tim has sent me the three winners because you know they all, all of the entries went to Tim. Tim did a random drawing. He announced the two winners uh, for tech fan. And he sent me the names of the three winners for the, my Mac podcast. And they are, and they have received these codes, uh, Scott sell, Rob Hansen, and Gary Apter, who is, who <laughs> we have talked about countless times on this show. So congratulations to all three of you. I, I hope you enjoy your copy of Feral Interactive's Lego Marvel's Superheroes on Steam. I, I don't even have this game. I mean, I use Steam, but I, I don't have uh, the uh, the Lego Marvel Superheroes. Oh, I yeah. do. I use one of the I use one of these codes, and it came straight that no, no. <laughs> before they could use it. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, Carl, you want to scoot over to the mymac.com recent articles? Oh yes. Okay. All right. Why don't you take the first one? Right. Portable Bluetooth speaker from Inatech. Review by Kurt Blanchard. This is Bert Clanchard, and I approve this message. Um, he says, the little speaker that could. Here's an impressively small speaker for impressively little money. It doesn't deliver audiophile quality sound, but for a little speaker, it does what you'd expect for about half the price of its nearest competitors. So go on over to MyMac.com and check out that review by... This is Bert Clanchard, and I approve this message. He had written like three or four from last week. That was so funny. Uh, <laughs> next one up is a review by uh, my Mac publisher, Tim Robertson. The Rocky Play, which is a Rocky, small... Rocky, 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 which is a small Wi-Fi audio converter with the Rocky Play. It acts like an AirPlay device meaning you can stream audio from any iPhone, iPad, or Mac directly to the Rocky Play, which in turn is connected to a speaker or your home entertainment system. Nice. Lots of speakers this week or audio yeah. stuff. Next one. Is this the right name? Are you just trying to get me on the <laughs> No, 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 no. Well, it's, it's uh, Nam Gimo or John Nemo. Right. But he, he usually like, calls his stuff uh, the Nemo Memo. All right. Adobe Lightroom mobile iPad photo editor is really good by Nemo Memo. This is Nam Gimo. What's the message? <laughs> he goes on, Lightroom mobile was developed to be a companion to the computer version of Adobe Lightroom for professional quality image work. Lightroom mobile for iPad is included with an affordable creative cloud subscription and stands alone to do anywhere photo fixing using the iPad's convenient touch interface. The iPhone is also supported, but I don't recommend using it for photo editing or enhancing except in emergency situations due to its very small screen size. And uh, you know what? I thought I had a, 
I don't have one for Russ. Darn it. I thought I had like a little... Russ, you need to send me a little audio file. It's something with Wes Rakovich because he's done the Bridge Plus keyboard with speakers. And he, and Wes Rakovich has done this review. The Bridge Keyboard series has an interesting background. Begun over two years ago with a Kickstarter campaign, the Bridge Keyboard initially received favorable reviews from both consumers and reviewers. However, supply problems arose with the company and things faltered. Fast forward to this year and changes made to the bridge. New ownership took over, looked at what was good, and made some changes to update the product line to keep it up with the iPad and to provide much improved customer service. Go on over to MyMac.com and read the review from Wuss. Right, next one, the Creative Cloud Blaster SR20 Roar Wireless Bluetooth Speaker, reviewed by John Nemo. This is Nam Gmo. What's the message? This new and remarkable portable speaker from Creative Technology changes everything for $150. Ha, what's a dollar? Eh? <laughs> Creative Sound Blaster SR20. Sorry. It's the best wireless. <laughs> or wired one-piece speaker ever. It is no exaggeration to state that the SR20 is comparable to $350 or $400 speakers with Raw's price less than half its value and performance. That was the Roar's price. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Next up is the Zabius Zabius M-Mobile Gaming... Sorry, excuse me. M-Mobile Gaming Headset... By Bert Clanchard. This is Bert Clanchard, and I approve this message. Thank you, Bert. The Zabius M is a great-sounding pair of earphones. They are packaged in a black box with shooting flames, acetate windows, and a red scorpion logo. Who uh, You want to buy it just for that alone. <laughs> Inside, the earphones have a flat black and red cable with chrome accents. They are contained in a black zippered case that is very slimming. With metallic, what the hell is that word? With metallic red cara, carabiner? Carabiner. What is that? It's that sort of lock thing that climbers use, I think. Oh, okay. All very racy. But why the style attitude? And you can read more about the Zabius, Zabius M Mobile Gaming Headset over there at MyMac.com. Headsets with go faster stripes. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah, because you, you need them to be like aerodynamic. <laughs> aerodynamic. Yeah. Boom, boom. Oh, I got that once. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, you needed the uh, the symbol crash? Rim shot. Oh. There you go. <laughs> and lastly, lastly, we have tech fan number 171, CGI. Tim and David announced the winners to the Feral Interactive Lego Marvel Superheroes giveaway. That's a mouthful. And if you ever thought of podcasting, this is the episode to listen to as Tim discusses what the Spotlight Network is. Stoplight. Stoplight. Stoplight Network. Sorry. And see, it always sounds better when a Britishman says sorry, doesn't it? Because it actually sounds like we mean it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry. I'll, I'll start again. Um... Tim discusses what the Stoplight Network is, the different types of shows there, and how he wants to see you 
podcasting. Photomagico 4 by Boinks Software. Amazon's $126 million loss. OS 10 Yosemite and CGI in movies round up the topics in this episode of Tech Fan. And um, we actually, well, actually, before I say that, uh, if you would like to write for the MyMac.com podcast and have uh, either Gaz, myself, or special guests like Carl completely mangle your name and your review, just go ahead, send John Nemo an email to uh, Nemo at MyMac.com and you know, with, along with like a sample of your writing. And we've already had like two or three people contact him. And, and according to John, it was because they've heard this, this little message that I'm giving here. But send John a sample of your writing and that you're interested in becoming a writer for MyMac.com. And let's see if we can get you writing for the mighty, mighty MyMac.com website. And I didn't say podcast that time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we actually do have some stuff from Google+. Plus. However, it's mostly related to what we're going to talk about in our second part of the show. So that's kind of that's kind of it for this part. You know, it's hard to believe we've been talking now for over an hour. What? I, yeah. Well, we got on. It was uh, what well, I'm almost at sixty minutes here. And but of course the the show <laughs> this part of the show isn't going to be sixty minutes long. It's just Carl and I having a nice chat before we started to record. But of course that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. So Carl, before I say anything else and go off on another tangent, please get us out of here. So, we want to uh, stand by, uh, to stand by, uh, and we'll uh, be uh, right back. Thank you, Mario. Excuse me, do you consider yourself to be a geeky lady? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have an iPad. I have, this is my third iPhone. Uh, I'm, I use Pinterest. I, I'm on Facebook. I love my computer. I, I can't live without my Photoshop. Okay, Absolutely. okay. I get it. You're a pretty geeky lady. What about you? Would you consider yourself a geeky lady? Absolutely. I have Apple TV. I have my iPad. I have my iPhone 5. <laughs> I have an iPod. I have I have Photoshop. I've got about 70 or 80 apps. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm a geeky okay, okay. lady. Thank you. I get it. I get it. Well, what about you? Are you? Do you consider yourself a geeky lady? Hell no, but that's why I listen to Three Geeky Ladies. Horses higher than listening figures. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome back to the MyMac podcast, where we're going to talk about Secret things. <laughs> I can't do the evil laugh. I actually have an evil laugh sound effect, and I should have had that. Should have had that ready to go, but I can't find it right now. Oh. Um, something something that you read a lot about when it comes to Apple is uh, that they do things very very differently from other technology companies, especially when it comes to pre-announcements of uh, various equipment or software or services that, that they're going to do. And it seems that to, to me that prior to Steve Jobs' return to Apple, they were pretty much like, like 
everyone else where they would, you know, okay, well, this year we're going to have the Performa 575 and let's not worry about, hey, how about that Quadra 360? It's just great. And Jobs came in and he changed all that to where they didn't talk about the stuff that they were actually going to release ahead of time, uh, with the obvious exception of the iPhone. But pretty much everything else that the, the company does you only find out about it when it's basically shipping to the Apple stores uh, or shipped to you from China and not before. And it seems like their obsession with secrecy became not only a mantra to uh, Cupertino, but to the people in the tech press that follow the company as well. And Carl, what I wanted to ask you was what's your opinion on why Apple stays so silent about upcoming products as compared to other companies, and does this hurt them or help them? Okay, so I'm pretty late to the overall Apple ecosphere. I think about five years ago, but it just seems to me now that they this this secrecy that they've created. I have no idea how they got it started, but it's fantastic that they've got it going because it gives like the air of mystique to the company. When you, ne- when you like Microsoft come out and they announce they're going to do Windows 7 in 2000, 2006, whatever it was, everybody gets to know about it and gets to look at it and gets to kick the wheels and like think, oh, will this be as good as that one? They get to question the fact <clears throat> that how's this going to affect them. When Apple brings something out, when like Steve, uh, Steve Jobs put before and Tim Cook afterwards took to the stage and say, here's what we're going to give you, here's what we're going to show, and it's going to ship at the end of next week. You've got no time to really think, oh, wow, is this something I really need? It's just like, new, new, shiny, shiny. (laughs) People start queuing before they've even announced something sometimes. It's just, I think it's purely, it's like, I always equate it to, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, all the presents are there under a tree. It's all a mystery. It's all wonder. It's all like imagination, what you bring to that package because it's wrapped up in a certain way. Christmas morning, you rip off the package and reality sets in. Uh, Normally not as good. (laughs) Whereas Apple have managed to bottle that that mystery. The Christmas feeling. Yeah, for us, us us who, who buy their stuff rather than us who like have stock, it's a much better way to go. If I was a stockholder, I'm not too sure I'd think the same way. But as, as a buyer, because, you know, you, a, a, press event is, a press event is announced. Immediately, the press go mad looking at the invite. What can the invite mean? What does this mean? What does that mean? And so that, that drives, like, interest among, among the tech guys. I mean, the average Joe walking down the street couldn't give a damn. Yeah, pretty but much. Then as the days get closer, they sort of think, well, it must be this, and maybe a few parts will leak. But still, pretty much all the time, when the lights go down and Tim Cook walks on that stage, we have no idea what they're going to announce. And normally, it's two, like even two hours after the thing, we're not totally sure what they announced because we have to then go back and see the select few that were invited in to touch it and use it and right you know ooh. Which, is, which unfortunately is never me I would, no well, uh, well now have you've gone you've gone to uh mac world expo no never. have you ever been 
So I know, I know, um, I, Gaz and I were talking about this and I really, really want to get him over for uh, a Macworld Expo because unless, unless you've kind of experienced it and it's, it's obviously it's, it's not the same as it was, uh, prior to, uh, 2008, 2009 when Apple pulled out. But there is still that that you know you're walking down the aisles and and you're seeing the some of the new products and and you know people are going out of their way to show you this new stuff and yeah it, it does have almost like a, a Christmas feel to it and I think that Apple with their veil of secrecy over everything they do that it you know not only does it does it kind of build up the anticipation when you know that a uh, a new product is about to be announced uh the other thing it does it doesn't really let your competitors know what it mm. is you're doing ahead of time and with apple and you know people can agree with me or disagree with me as they please but apple currently and just like sony before it is one of the most copied companies uh in technology today, there's a there's a, a phone company in China. It starts with an X, Exami or something like that. Their stuff not only looks like Apple's stuff. Uh, I was reading an article that even the packaging for their phone is almost identical to the packaging that that's inside of an iPhone. Uh, a lot of their pre-announced accessories are very, very much like the accessories that you would get with an iPhone or an iPad, even down to colors. So by not announcing ahead of time what it is, you know, six months ahead of time, well, here's the phone that we're going to come out with in December, and it's now June, which is kind of what they did with the first one, but didn't really have a choice since they had to get FCC approval for it. Uh, it, it, it kind of throws your competitors off balance because they don't really know exactly what it is that you're going to announce. They don't know what it is you're going to release and they don't know how the stuff is all going to work together. So that gives, I think that gives Apple a slight advantage too. What do you think? Yeah. And we saw that specifically just before they released the iPad, you had Microsoft and a load of other companies come out with, this is going to be our tablets. And they had them on the stage. So like Steve Barmore was holding them up on the stage. Virtually none, none of them ever came to market because no. it was just, it just, they just couldn't compete with what Apple had done. And some people say, yeah, but what the iPad was when it first came out was massively limited, but so what it still took off and it still blew them away. And we've now had a similar situation <clears throat> with the iWatch or whatever it's going to be called. Yeah, well, are, even if it's going to be released. I mean, yeah, we really I don't mean, know. No, there was a rumor a couple of years ago. But when the Nano uh, iPod sort of came a square, someone's, I remember someone on some show formulated... That's, that's actually and, um, one of my favorite models that they came in yeah, for the Nano. It was pretty cool. But then people turned that into a watch. And then somehow through osmosis or anything i don't know what mm. it was but they said well they could easily make this into a watch like an, <laughs> an eye watch for example and that was it and that seemed to take just like secreting people's imaginations and they started other companies started looking at investing and how this would work and and some startup companies as well some like um like pebble, pebble yeah exactly and so they're all betting on 
this the form factor that they've all you know decided on, and most of them are pretty similar because they all base it on a watch. Right. But then say, you know, as Apple often does, that they don't go that way. They bring out something different, just like they did with the iPhone. Everyone was expecting it to have the keyboard. Some someone expected it to have a dial on it. Yeah, back in the day on the iPod, uh, iPhone. Sorry, and. Well, did, did you see? Did you see that it was just before the iPhone came out? One of the uh, websites had splashed some pictures of what they thought it was going to look like, and it basically had the form factor of like a Motorola razor. <laughs> and it's like Which, really, really phone though. I used to love my razor. Yeah, I had Back one too. How <laughs> ace? But we could be in a similar situation now where if they do suddenly bring forth an iWatch, it might look completely different to what everyone else has done. And, and only- what people, I think what a lot of people don't quite get yet is that the iWatch itself may not actually tie into, um, directly anyway, uh, into the, uh, the iPhone, except maybe as a repository for whatever data it gathers as it's you know as it's sitting on your wrist because if it if it's health related they've got this whole health kit initiative going on which is related to iOS um if you look at what's going to be happening and I I had this this argument with somebody on on a discussion board in CNN where it's like well what is Apple doing that that's innovative and they were like trying to say that the the Galaxy S5 was somehow you know, innovative, and that if all the iPhone brought to the iPhone six brought to the table was a larger screen, that that wasn't innovation either. And I agreed with them. I said if if all the iPhone six was was slightly bigger, no, that's not innovation because there's plenty of other companies that have come out with bigger and smaller phones and blah blah blah. But if you look at at the things that Apple have sort of pre-announced. Uh, over the last year, you've got HealthKit, and they have they have hired a lot of talent to come in and work with them on making health-related applications. And whether those applications are meant to run on the iPhone or, or whether they're meant to run on something like uh, a, a watch that may just sync back to your computer or your phone or your iPad or whatever, uh, they also have uh, CarPlay which starting with uh, this year, when the new models start coming out in like September to December, CarPlay is going to be one of the options that, that people have for their mobile entertainment. Now, this also is uh, more or less tied to iOS, but the phone itself, basically when it's plugged in, is just your data conduit to the outside world, but everything else resides within the head unit that's in your car. And uh, the other thing they have going on, which I think is also has a potential of being huge, is uh, iBeacons in the stores where, you know, what was that technology that everyone has been screaming about that Apple doesn't include with the iPhone? NFC. Yeah, yeah, NFC. With a range of what thirty inches, you know. Please, how is how how is that going to help me as I'm walking down uh, the aisles of a grocery store or something along those lines? Because everything is going to be too far away to work with NFC. Um, Apple has taken 
low-powered Bluetooth and have it basically is using that within iBeacons. And all of this together, you know, any one of these taking off is like a next-generation moneymaker for Apple or other companies that also tie in. Because the other thing that they've done that is very un-Apple-like is they're not going it alone. Uh, as far as I know, they're not even going to release a uh, an iCar stereo themselves, but it's going to be up to uh, each one of the car ma- manufacturers or their contractors, third-party contractors, to come up with a, a head-end unit for it, as well as Alpine and Pioneer are coming out with their own uh, ones that you can buy and put into your existing cars. So I think in some ways Apple's secrecy might have kind of run its course, uh, especially considering that the initiatives that, that they're kind of putting out now need partners and they can't force other companies to remain as silent as they are about upcoming products. So maybe they're, they're trying to do kind of a best of both worlds. I'm not, I'm not too sure. For example, the, the, ra- the, uh, the radio thing, all, mm-hmm. they're, all they're doing is a connection kit, basically, which is then transplanting the information from your phone to the screen. So apart from some little channels into the device itself, Apple doesn't have to tell them much. They don't have to let on what they're going to do. All they have to do is say, this is going to be your display area. We're going to send this information here, 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 and here. You need to have X size screen, X size resolution, for example, and we'll feed the signal to you. We'll hand off to you. Well, one, the audio video display. One kind of cool thing. Now, it's, it's, you know, I just wonder if, you know, something I would like to see, because right now there's a problem with kind of saturated cell networks and there's more and more devices coming on all the time, even Mm -hmm. making it even worse. But what if each one of these CarPlay units could be kind of their own uh, repeater? And as you're going from, and you know, I'm, I'm obviously not, you know, a communications engineer, but as you're going from tower cell tower to cell tower, uh, and you're kind of, you know, becoming another conduit for other devices. Uh, could I wonder if this could somehow alleviate part of, of the, the problem of saturated networks where you'll have, you know, 10,000 people in one area, but hardly anybody someplace else. But as people are coming in and out of that area, they're able to bounce some of that traffic off of, off of the congested area to a less congested area. Oh, I don't know. That just sounds like a headache to me. All that yeah. traffic being used, like there'll be someone out there sniffing data packets. You just know there will. So. Oh, sure, sure. <clears throat> so I'm not sure. That's a big headache is from the you know implementing, I think. But the thing is, we're having this discussion here right now because we don't know. <laughs> That's the joy of it. Right. And it's not just us. It's not just us as buyers. Uh, there's infamous stories about Apple staff themselves not knowing what Apple's working on. Like they'll go in one day and all of a sudden a whole section of the office has been walled off because there's a special project going on behind there. And, you, you know, if you get signed up for the special project, you go in, you have to sign a non-disclosure act. And you never yep. talk to anyone, not even your missus. Ever. Well, yeah. While the other guys, the normal guys, 
drones, if you will. I don't know. I left outside going, <laughs> oh, that's not fair. How oh, can I go in now? I want to see it too. Exactly. And Johnny, like Johnny Ive's machine press in place, it's apparently all sectioned off and you can't get in there without key cards and swipes and security. So they do take their, you know, their products very seriously and they do look at their secrecy as one of their, you know, massive pluses, for want of a better word. Because every time they do release something new, even if it's just a new iteration of something they've already done, it's news. You don't often get the regular news cycle say, oh, look, this has come out from Sony, this has come yeah. out from Sanks. But as soon as Apple announced something, not They're only do they get it. the announcement, they get the day it's released as well. And they always send reporters down, here we are outside the Apple store in New York City, and why are you buying a phone? Because it's new, I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely the secrecy is something that's, that's served them well. Is there a downside? Of course there's a downside. There's always a downside to everything. And that is, like, for example, if someone wants to get into the Apple you know, sphere, when's a good time to buy? Unless they actually know someone, that's fo- someone that follows this stuff, they just buy a new iPad, and then three weeks later, another one comes out. They think, oh, mine's old now. Well, yeah. Is that? Um, there's, also, there's also third-party things. Like, for example, I've got... Like a seventy dollar, a seventy pound case for my phone, right now I got that when the five, five no the five came out, and I knew that would be good for two years because they rarely change the form factor of the phone. But would I buy that now? No, I'll have to wait for the new one to come out and get the redesigned one, and hopefully that will last two years. Yeah, well, unless you were going to buy, um, like, because right now I think the low end phone is the four uh, S. So I'm guessing that once the iPhone 6 comes out, you know, the 4S will go away and the next low-end phone will be the 5. Or the 5C. Oh, possibly the 5C. Yeah, they could they could pretty much drop the uh I guess the 5 altogether. Yeah. Well, uh one thing I I you know, before we we get out of this, uh I had posted questions related to this topic. Uh, on Twitter and Google Plus, and we've gotten some responses here, and I wanted to go over these these very very quickly. Uh, from Google Plus, uh, John Chapman writes: I suspect many other companies pre-announce products as a spoiler for competitors. Why buy a super new product from Company A when you know that Company B will have a competitive product in a few months' time? Uh, would this have an adverse effect on company A sales while they wait and see what company B delivers while not choking off potential sales for company B? Apple, on the other hand, I would like to say are a market and trend leader that other companies like to come out with competing products before Apple does. Look at the rush to get Samsung's wearable watch out uh, before potentially Apple's. Not sure that it was a great success. Looking at the patents or the yeah patents in uh, in the tech press, Apple's iWatch or iTime or whatever they call it is a significant improvement over the Samsung offering. Well, as, as far as we know, John, um, had Apple pre-announced what they were going to do, perhaps the Samsung product would have been better. And then he finishes by saying. Uh, Apple is under no obligation to tell us what it is that they're going to do. Very true. Um, I've worked for a major company that brought innovation to the marketplace and kept that very quiet 
until it was launched. Lots of rumors there as well. And why don't you take the next one? So actually, just wanted to say something about. Oh yeah, that, go ahead. Go ahead. Posting. Sorry. One of the things that like people who who are not great fans of Apple come up with with is they hear or they always point out that if one company makes something physical, it's real. They've actually put the time at R and D into producing, no matter what it looks like. It really rubs them up the wrong way when they hear people who love Apple say, yeah, but Apple, when they bring out their one, it's going to be much better. And there's nothing there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether or not, whether or not Apple so, actually releases you know, the, the so-called product that, that the other company was, was trying to get the jump on, right. So that's, you know, always bear in mind when you're talking to someone who doesn't like Apple, that's something that really winds them up. So you can use it either way. <laughs> but only use it for um, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> With great power, great responsibility. <laughs> Says a wise man in a leotard. Um, right, Google Plus as well. Troy Muller, who wrote this at 6.31 a.m. apparently. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because they don't really know themselves until the last minute. They are in the fortunate position of being able to have many products, ver- versions in the pipeline. So they just leave the gossip to take care of itself and then release depending on the current market conditions. Just one. Why do I think there's something else? Should be after yeah, that I wonder if there is. Let me, uh, let me go back over to Google Plus real quick and see if I've – because there's absolutely uh, – it's very possible. Actually, no. That was it. Just one. Just one. We'll never know. We'll never know unless, unless uh, Troy Troy gets a hold of us and let us know what his continuing thought was there. Uh, also, from Elisa. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. Uh, she wrote on Google Plus that she thinks it's good. Uh, if they announce a, fu- a future product and it doesn't come to pass, then Apple failed. If they wait until the product is fully developed or close to it, the public gets excited and filled with anticipation waiting for that product to be released. When was the last time people lined up for days or even hours before an Android or Windows release? That's a good point. Indeed. Oh, right, from Twitter, my, my dear friend Tenex there. Serves them well. Most CEOs or most companies, I suppose he means, most companies seek PR, so seek or, or leak or speculate. Apple just delivers and delights. That's very true. And last up, <clears throat> we'll give the final word, uh, at least from social media, uh, to Alistair Jenks. He says, because of countless broken promises from other companies, I'd bet Apple tries lots of stuff we never see or not for years. And, and that's a really good point. Now, I think about all of the pre-announcements that you hear from like CES and some of the other trade shows where companies are coming out and saying, well, we have got this incredible 3D Elvis Costello-shaped toaster that is going to make your bread go from white bread to sourdough without you having to do anything. And, of course, then you know, said Elvis Costello – toaster that makes white bread and a sour bread, sourdough bread never actually appears. And especially when you talk about consumer electronics, you see a lot of that in CES. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had, low, um, like Google had something a little while, that, that strange little ball that they were going to do their TV 
you know, fortunately they went off and done the Chromecast. Uh, um, but no, that little ball, I think they gave up on it. They gave up on it before it was even like manufactured. So they obviously had second thoughts about it. But, but then Google's renowned for that. That's what Google does. Google and, and Samsung as well. They throw a lot of things at the wall yeah. and they see what stick because they're kind of a, in kind of a shotgun approach. Yeah, but, Scattershot. But like Google does, for example, they'll do lots of software and they'll see what's popular. And if it's not popular enough, they'll kill it for whatever, you know. And some of us go, well, hang on a minute, I was using that. <laughs> but, <laughs> Don't take that away from me. <laughs> but, you know, like Google Plus, for example. Google Plus, apparently, at the moment, is hanging by a thread because the guy that was in charge of it quit a few months ago. And now there's rumors of it all being split up into photographs and various other, you know, apps. And, you know, who knows? One day could just announce Google Plus is gone. And then that's all our communities on there and gone and all the stuff that we've put time and effort into. And, and the MyMac podcast, I mean, of all the various ways that, that we do social media for, uh, other than the website itself, uh, for the MyMac podcast, the one that has really seemed to hit has been the Google Plus community. And I hear this as well from uh, Allison Sheridan uh, from the, the, you know, the, the No Silicast podcast. I hear this from Dave Hamilton from the Mac Geek Gap. I hear this from so many different podcasters who have made uh, communities based on their podcasts. And they say that they get, they get so much more traffic and so much more input from Google Plus than they ever have with something like Facebook. But here's the thing, it's like, it's like what Facebook used to be in the early days. It was a load of, for want of a better word, geeks and techie, techie folks right. until Facebook had the superstars come along. And then, yeah, you know, the normal guy in the street joined Facebook and oh, I hate Facebook. But, but you <laughs> know, Google Plus, I think will, if they give it long enough time to just stay and grow, it will eventually enter into the content. And they don't have to do silly things like just because you've got a Gmail account or a YouTube account, you've got to have a Google Plus because that really rubs people up the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, I would if agree. If they let it grow and people find it, because it's wonderful. I love G+. I, I use do. it even more than Twitter now. And um, we're, we're kind of getting off the topic so I think uh, we really? need that to... never happened. I know. How, how the hell does something like that even happen? So we're going we're gonna to end this segment. If you have uh, any questions or any comments on uh, Apple secrecy or the opinions that either Carl or myself have put forth in this segment, please, please, please let us know about it uh, through Google+. Plus. <laughs> How about, yeah, how about doing that through Google Plus or, or even Facebook or Twitter or any of them? So, uh, and we'll give the contact information uh, in at the end of the next section. So, uh, in the meantime, everyone, please stand by. Just stand by. Yeah. And we'll be, you know, Carl, I think we'll be right back. Uh huh. Let's talk Apple. We play all your favorite hits with no commercials. 24-7 music even the boss can enjoy. Okay, host Bart Bouchotts doesn't play the hits or really any music. What he does do is give you the monthly wrap-up of what's going on in the Apple ecosphere, along with great guests with different opinions. 
You can get the news anywhere. But Let's Talk Apple will tell you what it means. Find it in iTunes, stoplightnetwork.com, or at lets-talk.ie domains. If at first you don't get what the show is about, don't worry, they don't either. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome everyone back to the third section of the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, we've got Carl this week. Carl, thank you so very, very much for coming on the show this week and filling in for gas. I'm, I'm honored, sir. Honored. <laughs> and... Uh, if uh, actually, let's talk about this right now. Now you do you do your own podcast, right? What's the well, name of it? Yes. Um, what is the name of it? Oh yeah, the Mac and Forth Show. The Mac and Forth Show, and you have actually requested from me to uh, to to do part of it. So if if you enjoy listening to my dulcet tones, and frankly, who doesn't? then make sure that you check out the Mac and Forth show on iTunes or, or however you get your podcasts. Uh, if only, you know, not only to hear, to hear Carl, but to, to hear me with the little bit that, that I'm going to do for the Mac and Forth show. And we'll see how, we'll see how that yeah, works out. Maybe, maybe Carl will, will call me up and say you're complete rubbish and never want to talk to me again. <laughs> it could happen. No, out. Our news roundup lady, Missy, is going on holiday the week after next. So, so you'll be our news roundup guy. Yay! That's me, yeah. Mr. <laughs> news roundup. Guy, guy. <laughs> guy roundup. And people have said I should be rounded up for years. Oh, yes. <sighs> and I tell people that. You know what they do, Carl? Agree. No, they nod their head. Oh, actually, yeah, they nod their head. Hit it. Gases and tips. Mostly. Gases tips. Mostly. Love Gases this song. Tips. It's time for Gases tip. Well, this week it's actually Guy's tip. And if you have multiple drives connected to your Mac and you have an operating system on them and occasionally you need to boot from them, you know, kind of like with Boot Camp, uh, maybe you have a Linux partition or, or a Windows partition or maybe even a different uh, OS X partition. Well, how do you do that? The, the easy way is you go into System Preferences under startup disk and you select each one of those different disks. However, what do you do if your Mac won't boot or sorry, I, I messed that, that whole thing up. Can you believe that? I can believe it. I can believe it. So the easy way to, to do that is to go into system preferences and select a different startup disk. Uh, especially if, uh, your Mac won't boot with its usual disk. So what you do if you don't want to do it through system preferences is when you reboot the machine, you hold down the option key on your keyboard and all of the available hard drives that have a bootable operating system will appear. However, if your keyboard is Bluetooth, there is a problem holding down the option key after startup won't work because the keyboard won't be recognized until after it reaches a certain point in the startup process. So what you have to do, and, and this will take timing. Timing is crucial to this. So what you do is you restart the machine, you wait until the big bong chimes finish, and then you hold like, down the option key. If you, do it, if you do it before the bong, it won't work. If you wait too long after the bong, 
it won't work. So there is timing is crucial to it because if you do it too late, it's well too late. So let me get it straight. You have to hit the bong correctly to get the full effect. Well, I mean, when you restart your machine, it goes bong. <laughs> bong. Oh, that's all right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. The startup time. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't, I'm looking at my keyboard. I don't see a bong key. No, I think we're talking about two very different bongs. <laughs> well, well, this is a family-friendly show, Carl. What other kind of <laughs> bong could there possibly be, he said, being from Florida in the, the 70s? One, the one Big Ben makes, I think. Oh, okay. See, I was, oh, I was going so different. Oh, my God. Okay, well, we're going to move right past that because <laughs> I'll get myself in trouble. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. Oh, so the, so the end. Most the end of Gaz's Tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's Tips. I thought you were going in a whole different direction there. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you mean, sir. I, Last yeah. time I was on, it was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Carl, do you have an app pick this week? I do, actually. It's um, Overcast by Overcast Radio. So this is a brand new, well, I say brand new, it's been out a couple of weeks now, podcasting app. And it's done by the same guy who, who created Instapaper. And what it is, is a free app initially. Uh, and it's a really clean interface looking um, podcasting app. And it's got you can easily search for all your, all your favorite shows on there as well. And also you can import all your shows so if you've got another app like downcast for example you can export the i think what is it the opl file i can't remember what it is now but email that yeah, to yourself some kind, and some then kind open of database it. file yeah so you open it in overcast and then all your shows are pulled down now when you get an overcast account you, you have to create an overcast account and it? it's just an email and a password and what that means is you log on from then on and even if you go to the overcast website all your all your positions, all the things you listen to will all be there and they're all ready to go. And his servers do all the heavy lifting. So they go out and check if there's a new show and pull that down ready for you when you connect to Overcast and then it comes straight to you. So your phone is not continuously saying, is there a new show? Is there a new show? Is there a new show? It's letting like the Overcast app do it instead. And then and so does, really does it stream? Does it stream back or, or does it just download it at that point? At the moment, you can only download. He's working on the next version, and apparently that's going to be streaming. At the moment, there's no video podcast, so it's only audio ones as well. But the, probably the best feature of it, let me try and get to the best feature, is there's two settings in it. If you want to spend some money, there's yeah, two settings effects. He calls them, yes. And if you want, I think it's in British uh, money, it's £2.99. But there's two settings. There's a smart speed setting, so on some podcasts, the uh, producers haven't taken out all the gaps in the show. And so what this will do on the fly is it will shorten all the gaps between people speaking. So if I started talking like that, for example, <laughs> it would automatically shorten it. So you'd never notice I was taking my time speaking. Um, and it's really good. It, it gives you a... a a running total of how much time you save just by doing that. And the other thing option on it is voice boost. And again, some podcasts you have 
Um, one, you have some situations where someone's audio level is a lot quieter than someone else, else's, and it automatically boosts the quiet one. So you really? can hear what they're saying just loud. Yeah, it's really good. And even if you get the free app, you get about 10 minutes to try it out to see how it works. <coughs> that, is, that is really cool. And it, is, it works really well as well. Yeah, I especially like the, I mean, the voice boost part. And it's, and it's got the other things in there, like obviously up to two speeds, so you can speed up people's talk, uh, skip forward, skip back. It shows the cover. The only, the only bugbear for me, because I actually take the time to do it, and, and, and Guy does as well, is it doesn't show at the moment individual episode cover art. It just shows the main cover art. Oh, wow. That so, sucks. I hope yeah, he changes so Hopefully he'll get... Yes, me too. Um, but no, for version one, it's a very solid podcasting app, and it's totally free of charge if you just want the basics. Like I say, if you want to add the effects, two ninety nine, I think it is in British money. I think it's about four ninety nine in US, and it's really, really good. It looks lovely as well. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, I've typically I've tried a couple different podcast um, aggregators. And they've, for one reason or another, left me cold, and I've always ended up going back to iTunes. Um, but it, I've would love to because iTunes itself has has so many weird little quirks, especially when it comes to podcasts. That yeah, I would love to find something that works better if for for me. You know, I'm sure that you know other podcast aggregators for other people is exactly what they want. But you know, it's like everything else. It it, it has to be a uh, a personal experience it has to to it, it has to make you want it i don't know where i'm want going it want i want it no <laughs> my ad pick this week is something that i wanted uh it's called comic life 3 it's from blask software it's 29.99 on the itunes app store or sorry the um uh mac app store and this is kind of of unique software where you can take some of your pictures, or uh, I'm not even sure if it works with movies, but you can tr- draw your own stuff, put them in little comic book boxes, and, and add word balloons and sound effects and just all kinds of stuff. It's it's a great program. It's been around for a long time, and uh, frankly, for what it does, thirty bucks, eh, that's not so much. So that's Comic Life Three from Plask. Now Facebook, well. It's what it's always been, which is still at 142 <laughs> likes. And we don't even have any, because I checked just before we started the show, I actually remembered this time, uh, to see if there was any new iTunes reviews. And, you know, Aww. yeah, yeah, I don't understand it. If you do an iTunes review, you know, Carl, I give them something, and you've got one. I've got, yeah, I've got two. One's yeah. just got the wrong name on it. Oh yeah, but I mean, isn't it isn't it spectacular? How did your life change after you received a Woody? People people were coming up to me in the street and they saying, "I heard, I heard, I heard that you have a Woody." And I went, "How did you know?" And they go, "Don't matter how we know, we Just know. Do. Can we see it? Did Can you we show see it, to it?" And I had to. Well, it, it kind of got a bit like you remember that that old Beatles film where they're chasing them down the road. It got a little bit like that. So I hid in a telephone box with a paper up and they all run straight by. So I was okay. <laughs> was like Benny Hill end, music did, playing in the background? There, there, there always is when I go on the street you know, walking. <laughs> but in the end, I did show them my wootie, uh, and then the police officer said I shouldn't do that again. 
you know, or, or you get put on a list someplace. But if if you would okay. like to see what all the fuss is about, all you have to do anywhere in the world is do an iTunes review and then send me an email and let me know you've done that iTunes review and I will send you your very own custom crafted, hopefully with your correct name on it, Woody. And that's big W, big O, big O, big T, little I, little E. And you would let me know about that by sending me an email address to guy, G-U-Y, at mymac.com. Or you can also reach me on the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. Mac Parrot. Well, I'll sleep. <laughs> That's okay. And if you would like to... Uh, if you'd like to send an email to Gaz and ask him why the hell you do this show with this crazy American, you would send that to Gaz at MyMac.com, G-A-Z. See? You could send him a message on the Twitters at Twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz, G-A-Z. See? M-A-Z. See? And we have a combined Twitter account, which is twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz, G-U-I-A-N-D-G-A-Z. Z-Z-Z-Z-Z. Z-Z top. And we, uh, if you would like to contact Fearless Leader Tim, you can send that to him at feedback at mymac.com. Now, Carl, assuming that you want people that are associated with listening to this show to contact you, how would they do that? If they would like to, I am on Twitter at Claw0101, or you can find our show on iTunes, uh, you know, Mac and Forth, or you can go to macandforth.com where our little site resides. And there is one final way that you can contact uh, Gaz and myself. We have, we actually have a Skype telephone. Wait, hold on. Oh my God. <coughs> sorry, sorry. It's a Skype telephone number. And that number is outside of the US, press one, area code 703 436 9501. And uh, I'd like to thank Carl for, for coming on to the show this week while Gaz couldn't be here. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you again. It's always a pleasure to come here. I love it. I love it. I can misbehave a bit. Oh, well, this is the show to misbehave. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, I'm still coughing from all the Skype dust. Um, and, of course, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't also say thank you to all of you who download each and every week, or nearly each and every week, the MyMac.com podcast. We Both Gaz and I, and special guests as they appear, like Carl, Really, really do appreciate it. And please let us know uh, any criticisms or, you know, if you would like to praise us, however you want to do it. We would love to hear from you in all of the various ways that we've talked about on this show. Indeed. And can I just say, Guy, I think this (laughs) is the best show we've ever And we're good enough, (laughs) smart enough, and doggone it. People love us. I mean, like us. Like us. <laughs> All right. See, now I have to say this. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, Adaka. Adaka. Appa, appa. Le bee. 
Bike dare para menda patkan kawalan se suatu Marvel superhero dan Merica diaper butt. Is that right? Diaper butt. Yeah, works for me. Dara para Legos. Woo! Woo, indeed. End. End, 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 end. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can find lots of other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like Four Pigs the Bell Tolls, Geekiest Show Ever, International Film Club, Let's Talk Podcasts, The Casual Heroes Podcasts, Tech Fan, The Deeper Look, The Mac Gist, Nintendo Club Podcast, and Three Geeky Ladies. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome, Carl. Thank you for coming on. I can't oh, believe no, that no. actually says oh, diaper butt. Sort of says <laughs> diaper butt. You, Di- diaper blot. And I don't know what I did. I, I, I pulled a muscle or something, but didn't even realize it until we, we got home. Because I was fine until we got home. I go to get out of the car and it's like, la, 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 la. And the pain <laughs> was tremendous. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, you're talking to a fellow back agony person. So, well, you know, being, being tall. Uh, do you have hmm. a chiro- Do you have a chiropractor? Not anymore. I did when it was playing up. Was did did it help? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was spending 120 quid a week just mm. going to two. I think it was. I was in such pain, and at the time, I was doing a job. I was meant to be the boss, but. We were so short-staffed, I had to do all this manual lifting stuff in the yard right. when all the guys went out. And of course, as soon as whatever my chiropractor did to me, I'd instantly go back to work and undo. <laughs> so it just so, got expensive. Uh, so what did you do? Quit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you either no, live was, with the pain. Was, yeah, it does. I mean, I always thought, I got so pissed off with it in the end, all this sense Because I, you know, when you're young, when you're mm-hmm. a kid in your low teens like oh the world was amazing respect adults they know what as soon as you get to 15 16 screw you i'm not doing what you're telling yeah. me and, and then you realize that the adults really don't have any clue <laughs>